From the Chipstone Foundation, you're listening to Cellar Door, a podcast about objects. I'm Pierce Gelly. A quick thing. If you enjoy the show, consider giving us a review in the iTunes store. It'll help more people find the podcast. Anyway, on with the episode, which is called The Student Body. I drew my back and my face is turned towards the audience. I drew it sitting down with a pencil in one hand and eraser on the other. These are students from Professor Tula Telfair's Painting One class at Wesleyan University in Middletown, Connecticut. Every one of them recently completed a life-size nude self-portrait in drawing one. Mine is of me facing away, looking over my shoulder, and I kind of look angry in it. I took mine back home in Cuba, and you need to have permission to bring an artwork to Cuba, so they, they wanted to see it. So I had to show it to like 20 people in immigration back home. I mean, it was really awkward because I, there's always the same people, so every time they see me now, I think they're, they're looking at me with a different perspective. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I'm holding myself. Um, it's like two of myself, I'm pushing myself away. For nearly 30 years, the final project for Wesleyan's Drawing One class, the entry-level studio art course, has been a full-size nude self-portrait. Just a straight on with my hand on my hip. Exactly as tall as you, exactly as wide, and totally naked. My mom was joking that maybe I could just cut off the head and like frame that. Hundreds of students have created these self-portraits since the project began. Maybe thousands. I drew one. Kate just finished hers. Maybe I'll pull a Dorian Gray. You know, maybe I'll imbue it with magical properties and put it up in my attic, and then I'll stay young forever. Maybe that's the point of everyone taking drawing one. Can you describe your drawing? Sure. So my drawing is me sitting in a chair with my right leg up on the chair and my left leg down. So it's like full frontal vulva. Why did you draw yourself that way? I drew myself that way because... It just felt like, when else am I going to have a chance to do this? I'm not an artist at all. I don't, I'm not even like a doodler, but I think it's one of those seminal courses that everyone at West says, oh, you need to take this before you graduate. Okay, so here's the sort of question that I'm really, really interested in. What are you going to do with it? Where is it right now and what's going to happen to it? So right now it's rolled up in a corner in my room because my parents are about to come for graduation. Not that I care so much, but you know, it's just... But I'm living with my friend who is a studio art major and also has her self-portrait. And I think the two of us are going to hang them right next to each other in our apartment in North Carolina in the living room. Why have you decided to do that? Because we have no shame. (laughs) That's why. I think we feel proud. We feel proud of what we've done. I think there's something beyond drawing in the kind of weird tragedy of the final critique of that drawing that's totally fantastic and totally makes everyone a better person. Virgil drew his self-portrait in the fall of 2011, four years ago. What's great about Wesleyan drawing is that it ends with the most uncomfortable possible experience, which is a room filled with giant drawings of all of your peers naked, and they're all kind of hard-fought it almost there. There's like a really fun element of melancholy to it. I ended up doing it in a kind of a crouching position, so... 
I'm like, I'm, it's straight on, but then my legs are like, I can't even do it anymore. I'm so not that flexible anymore. <laughs> but it's just like kind of, my legs are up by my chest. So it's all there. And then I think one of my arms is crossing. What happened to your drawing? You still have it? I'm sure I still have it. I haven't seen it in a while. I'll find out on Tuesday when I pack up my stuff. But also, I'm learning to be fine with not having it, maybe. Like, if you would ask me last year, I'd be like, I think it's, where is it? I don't know. But like, now I just, I think I have it. Professor David Shore first gave the assignment in 1972. He ran Drawing One as figure drawing boot camp and hated the idea that over spring break, his students went two weeks without drawing the figure. So he assigned the life-size nude self-portrait, a project he'd done in college. He sent his students home with links of spare newsprint from the local paper. They returned with their nudes, and he held a group critique in which they hung the drawings around the studio and discussed them. He noticed that the students enjoyed it, and that after the critique, they drew with new boldness. So he taught it the following year, and the following, and kept teaching it. In 1989, Professor Tula Telfair began teaching the assignment at the end of Drawing One rather than the middle. She liked the idea that her course would culminate with a test of everything her students learned all semester. And, she told me, the project jibed with the college students' fundamental egotism. They take more care in doing a drawing of themselves than they would have drawing bottles or someone else. Yet both Telfair and Shore told me that the care students lavished on their own figures subsequently extended to others' bodies as well as objects like plain old bottles. Well, I think you draw yourself as if you are a bottle. That's Kay Wells, who teaches art history at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. She drew a nude self-portrait as an undergraduate at Barnard College, where the assignment also appears sometimes on drawing syllabi. That's kind of the point of the exercise, right? That you have to look so objectively at yourself. You have to really look at, you know, your body as an object in order to draw it. Wells cut off her own nude self-portrait's head and framed it. Today it hangs beside her bed. And these days, she teaches architecture courses in which she often assigns drawing to her students. You, like, go out throughout the city and you have to draw various examples of various kinds of architecture so that you really kind of learn what's particular about those buildings by having to replicate things through your own drawing. She told me that she finds drawing anything makes her students look harder at everything. There's no really objective reason why drawing a human body is any more difficult than drawing a bottle. After Professor Telfair taught the nude self-portrait for several years, other professors adopted it, and the one-time assignment of necessity became a Wesleyan institution. Ask any Wesleyan student about the drawing one final, and they'll know just what you mean. Those 60-odd, giant, rolled drawings that appear a few weeks before every semester ends, carried to class by their exhausted authors and then brought home. And then... I have not unrolled it since the critique in drawing one freshman year. Alana did her self-portrait in the fall of 2009, six years ago, when we were both freshmen. The self-portrait has been in Connecticut, Florida, and now Boston. It's been under my bed. It's been in a closet. And now it's in a small like storage room in Cambridge. I honestly don't know why I'm keeping it, because I don't plan on ever hanging it up again. But I can't throw it away because I worked on it for so long. So it's, just, it's maybe the only object that I have that is valuable, but has no real value to me. Alana puts it well. The drawing's precious, but undisplayable. And for all its intimacy, it doesn't mean much without an explanation. When I first did it, I was a very different person than I am now. I grew up in a very conservative family in the South, and was a very 
straight-laced person, chose to live on an all-girls floor my freshman year in college. Even drawing a, a nude model, like, from life, was really shocking the first time I did it, because I'd never seen a naked man before in life. So drawing myself and having to not only, like, stare at my naked body for weeks, and then present that in front of a class of people that I didn't really know very well. Yeah, this was probably the most radical thing I'd done because it was the first time that I did something my parents did not approve of. Can you describe what your self-portrait looked like? I was um, standing, but one of my legs was propped on a chair, so it was kind of like bent knee, and one of my hands was behind my neck. It definitely dampered down like, a lot of my insecurities because I was like, I'm just a body. like I'm just a series of measurements and shading. It's really interesting to stare at your face or part of your body for a long time and really get to know it in a kind of almost scientific way. It's good for having an actual understanding of what your body actually looks like, not what you think it looks like. I retrieved my own self-portrait from my parents' house, where I keep it. I also drew mine freshman year. My girlfriend and I opened it together. defiance and maybe like almost like you're pleading someone the position is like you're one hand on your chest one hand out as if you're maybe like making some kind of declaration okay so i when i did it i thought of it as just sort of like a here's a man at ease but now what it looks like it looks like it's all about the penis like to be honest <laughs> it looks like you ha i had one hand on my chest and the other hand I'm sort of like, like here it is like here it's like have a look yeah, but the face is not gleeful or boasting. No, that's true. It's, it's almost bit, like, uh... it's almost like, look what they've done to me. <laughs> I, uh, when I was doing this, I learned that my, my legs are like shorter than my torso. If you look at my body. Well, you do have a very long torso. I have short legs though, I think. Like I think my torso is, is, is the right length and my legs are short. At the time, learning this about myself shocked me. I'd assumed I knew my body, but really I'd understood it with a kind of shorthand. I'd never had to look close enough to know it. Glance at a bottle and you can easily dash off a bottle-like shape, but once you look closely, you're without excuse. The general gives way to the specific, to the singular curve of this bottle's shoulder and the facts of this one neck. I still think about myself as a man who's a bit funny looking because his legs are slightly too short. Yet I feel a great tenderness toward this drawing. I remember staying up all night to finish, then walking to class, both too tired and too wired to worry what anyone thought of my incorrect proportions. I was proud of the drawing. I think students feel proud of their work, not just because it's intense to bear your body before your classmates. It's also really difficult logistically. You have to construct a makeshift studio, arranging a large mirror and a massive sheet of paper in your tiny dorm while negotiating drawing time with your roommate. Or roommates. I actually totally cheated on the assignment and did it in my underwear and sort of imagined 
what what my genitals look like. The truth finally comes out. The truth finally comes out. Yeah, well, I lived in the triples, and I had to do the drawing in my room. Kevin did his self-portrait in 2009, the semester before me. The night I came home to work on it, I was, like, in my underwear, and then my, my other roommate didn't know that I was going to work on it, so he started a, like, study session in our triple. So it was, like, four different people who didn't live there, and I'm standing there in my boxes. It's like, well, I can't get naked now. So, yeah, I saved the genitals for last and was forced to use my imagination. Can you tell me where it is today? It is somewhere in Brooklyn, hopefully. I never put it up until junior year. I mean, it just kind of floated around in my closet. And then that summer, I went to live in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. We kept it in my living room, and it was like a funny showpiece. People were like always thought it was interesting or weird or whatever. And then at the end of the summer, I... <laughs> Bought a plane ticket, but didn't realize. I thought it was a uh, like a week later. Basically, my whole like move out day just like sprung up on me, and I like most hasty packing I've ever done in my life. And then I realized not until like you know a couple of weeks later that I left my new drawing up in the living room of this house. Oh no! The landlord, who's like this dude named Clyde, really the most lackadaisical landlord. So I can pretty much be guaranteed to know that that thing was still up whenever the next person moved in. Um, so I don't know. Maybe they kept it. Maybe they, they threw it away. But I missed that thing dearly. Uh, did, you, did you ever see my final? No, I didn't. It was essentially like me making jazz hands around my penis. <laughs> Super ridiculous. Just kind of a joke on the whole assignment and just like, ah, nudity, yeah. The professor used mine as an example of what not to do unless you're really going to commit to it. So were you were you proud of the final drawing? Oh yeah, no, it was it's funny. Me and me and Will Feinstein, we were in the same drawing class together. We agreed we didn't have the best drawings, but we clearly had the funniest. You should really talk to Will's about his. Hello. Hey, Will. Hey, man. Can you describe for me what your final looked like? So it's it's a picture of me looking at the viewer drinking my orange juice out of the carton. And you're fully naked? Oh yeah, fully naked. Can you tell me what has become of your self-portrait? Do you know where it is right now? I brought it home and I, I instantly unfurled it for my parents. I insisted it be hung in the front hall in a giant frame. But they both shuddered and now it's rolled up in a basement. Do you have any plans for it? Uh, I keep a copy of it on my phone that I can show people as a gag. In what situations do you show people? Like, you want to see my nude self-portrait of me drinking orange juice? And I show them before they can answer sometimes. And uh, then they've seen it. Where it is today, I have no idea. It was lost in our big move from America to Jamaica when I was moving back. Kumar did his fall of 2008, seven years ago. And I don't know if I left it somewhere or if I got to put it in a barrel. That's how you ship things internationally. You get a, a barrel, a literal barrel. <laughs> it's round and it has a cover. <laughs> no joke. Put it on a ship and the ship arrives like a month later. You have to go to a wharf and clear that ship and it's no joke. It's a 12-hour process. You're going in the morning and you'll leave at night is how long it takes. So imagine my shock when I opened it up. No drawing. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. I was very sad about losing it because I have no pictures of it. I didn't own a camera at the time. You know, this is 2008. I had a flip phone <laughs> and that thing had no camera on it. So I didn't have any real documentation of it. Like there's no record that I did it other than in my head. What does the self-portrait look like? Picture the, the lotus position. People are meditating. They have their feet folded. And I'm leaning on both my hands. So lotus, both my hands. And then one leg is stretched out fully. 
there's a weird little history of nude representations of college students. Bear with me. When a student arrived on campus at Harvard, Mount Holyoke, Princeton, Radcliffe, Smith, Swarthmore, Vassar, Wellesley, Wilson College, or Yale between the years of 1940 and 1960, more likely than not, the school took what was called a posture photo. These meant a nude portrait, front, back, and profile. A researcher named W.H. Sheldon conceived of and guided the project, hoping to quantify the relationship between body shape and intelligence. The students knew nothing about this, just that someone was studying comparative postures. The students also didn't know their naked selves would join a massive collection that would make its way to the archives of the Smithsonian. Based on the project's window of time, President George H.W. Bush and presidential hopeful Hillary Clinton may have been included. I say included because between 1995 and 2001, the Smithsonian burned them all. A representative from Yale watched as the Smithsonian's people shredded the photos and then fed them into a furnace, to the relief of many alumni. One Yale grad put it bluntly. Our naked butts are in the Smithsonian, George L. Vogt told the New York Times. Quote, I can understand why the Smithsonian would want to record the quack science of the time, but I cannot understand, nor can I accept, that they would retain naked photographs of living people. End quote. At Harvard, though, these images live on, sort of. At the Peabody Museum, there stand two statues, one a man, one a woman, whose measurements reflect the average of W.H. Sheldon's measurements. They're affectionately, and creepily, known as Norm and Norma. If the Wesleyan Drawing Project fits into this story, maybe it's as a happy, unintentional inversion. If nothing else, the project has produced many students who, like me, emerged a little easier about their particular proportions. I'll show people. If people are interested in my painting, like, what else did you do? I'll be like, I, I got one that's pretty, pretty awesome, so raise yourself. Henry drew his in the fall of 2007 eight years ago. Self-portrait is currently underneath my bed at my parents' house in upstate Vermont, hundreds of miles away from me. My relationship with it is totally unapologetic, but by virtue of it living in my parents' house, I can't take full responsibility for its being up in a way that would make me feel comfortable for my parents. When I erect my mausoleum to myself, when I gain my millions, there will definitely be a place on the wall. So did you enjoy the the project when you were working on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I feel I feel very comfortable naked. So there were a couple times where I'd be like looking at myself in a mirror naked with like 10 feet, 10 feet to my right, three dudes like playing Bioshock on Xbox, which didn't bother me at all. But like, you know, some people were fine with it. Some people were totally skeezed out, but couldn't say anything really, because it's like, one, this is my room. Two, this is a school assignment. At the time, you know, after the end of drawing one, you're used to drawing nude forms all the time. So you're really kind of desensitized to it at that point. It wasn't an issue for me. But looking back, I probably would have censored it a bit more just for the sake of prosperity. Carolyn drew her self-portrait 14 years ago. Neither of my parents have seen it, as far as I know. I have this portfolio under a twin bed where my parents live in rural New Hampshire. And it has years of drawings, probably a good, like, seven inches thick of just drawings. And I had 
post-college friends coming to my parents' house for like a ski trip. And I think I looked because I wanted to remove it for that time and they would be in that room. I would hate for them to stumble across it and be utterly confused about why it was there. You know, is she really vain, like painting herself naked? This weird story in gray. Sarah Herzl, who's taught the assignment several times at Wesleyan as a visiting professor, actually completed the self-portrait in one of Tula Telfair's first classes to do it back in 1992. I was at a party when I was in my 20s maybe a decade after that class. And this guy that had been in my class for the first time ever started talking to me about my drawing and what I looked like in my drawing and what he remembered about it. What did he say? What did he remember? What I looked like. Basically, he was telling me he remembered what I looked like with my clothes on. <laughs> yeah, that's not... Which is not really quite in the spirit of the class. No. <laughs> <laughs> I held on to the drawing, not even exactly sure why, and it lived under the stairs in my parents' basement in a roll. I looked at it, though, when it was my turn to teach the class. I was really curious, and I dug it up, and I found it, and I was glad my parents hadn't thrown it away. What was that like? Looking back at myself, I was like, oh my God, there's my body. I think probably 99.9% of people look back at their younger self and say, you had nothing to worry about. <laughs> Everyone is vulnerable, but they're they're really they're okay. You know, they're okay. Youth is wasted on the young, that kind of thing. Now, as an adult, where I live, I have two children, and I make friends through my children. You know, they make friends, and then I meet their parents. Well, this one person I met at the playground, whose children are friends of mine, I thought, you know, gosh, you look so familiar. How do I know you? Oh, well, it turned out we were in the same class at Wesleyan, but we didn't know each other at all. And um, time sort of goes by. We get to know each other better. Our kids become very close. And all of a sudden, it pops into my head that I know where I recommend her, and it's from the drawing. She was in that class, and I remembered her drawing of herself. What do you remember about that drawing of her? Well, the thing I remember about her drawing is that it was very, very modest. It was really nice drawing, but she had figured out a way to sit with her back showing and her head twisted so she's looking at you. And basically, I don't remember if there was any breast or anything like that, but it was basically like a drawing of her back. And it was a lovely drawing. I mean, I still remember it, which I think is sort of saying a lot. Here's a really crazy one. In that class, I met person that ended up being my husband. That's amazing. Who also did the drawing, but I don't remember his drawing. I just found out maybe the reason I don't remember his is he started his drawing and he didn't leave enough room for his head. <laughs> so his head is not in the drawing. He did like the feet up and then he ran out of room. Mine was just full frontal hands-on hip kind of confrontational. And I think the drawing took like 20 hours or something. But I probably did it over like, I think two days. You know, and like your boogers go black. I do know. Though they're the product of long hours of lonely labor, these objects make light work of years and years of distance. Start a conversation about your self-portrait, and suddenly you're right back with that student body. I remember I listened to one album over and over the whole time I did it. <laughs> it was kind of like a big breakthrough album at the time. Party music. And I ate 
popcorn. My friend had an air popper. And I basically ate popcorn listening to Janet Jackson. This episode was written and produced by me, Pierce Skelly. Editorial help from Sarah Ann Carter, Natalie Wright, and Jonathan Prown. Big thanks to everyone who spoke with me about the nude self-portrait project, especially those I couldn't fit. I had so many great conversations working on this story. I especially want to thank Tula Telfair, Kate Ten Eyck, and Julia Randall, from whom I stole the title for this episode. Thanks as well to Jack and Anna of Jenna Jackson, my in-house Janet Jackson cover band. If you'd like to re-listen to their cover of Janet Jackson's 1989 hit single, Miss You Much, check out our website, cellardoor.audio, where you can also read a transcript of the episode. That website and our logo were designed by Wynne Patterson. Our theme music is by Daniel Nass. Cellar Door is a project of the Chipstone Foundation, an organization devoted to the study of material culture and decorative arts. You can visit our galleries at the Milwaukee Art Museum, and you can learn more about us at chipstone.org.